Before we read our scripture passages for today, we pause to pray that God would enlighten our hearts. The prophet Isaiah says that the people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, on them light has shined. And so we pray that God's word would shine brightly in our lives and in our dark world. Let's pray together. Holy, loving God, our souls wait for you with eagerness and expectation. In hearing your word today, may we know more about you and the hope that you bring to us, but may we also experience your life-giving presence. We pray this in your name. Amen. The first scripture reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, to the t- sent by God to a town called in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for I have found the favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child you will be born with will be holy, and he will he will be called the Son of God. And now you realize relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month of for her who has said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God then Mary said here I am the servant of the Lord let let it be with me according to your word and the angel departed from her this is the word of the Lord Our second reading is from Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on favor with the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God of hope, our light in the darkness, as we reflect in your word today, may your spirit be ever present and active, working in our hearts that as we listen and hear and reflect, we might know more of you and live lives that follow you. Amen. I'd like to share with you just a little bit of Bible history or context. The Bible, as many of you know, is split into two books, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was written before the coming of Jesus, and the New Testament tells of the story of Jesus. But what you may not know is that between the stories told in the Old Testament and the New Testament is a long period of silence and waiting, roughly 400 years. In the Old Testament, prior to this silence, we hear that the Jewish people had been displaced from their homes. Their only place of worship was destroyed, and they were exiled and refugees living under their oppressors. Eventually, these Jewish people were allowed to go back to their homeland and attempted to rebuild the temple, but they still lived under occupation. During this time, the Jewish people were looking, waiting, longing for a Messiah, the Savior who was promised to them. This is the place that we find Mary in our scripture reading today. Mary is living as a Jewish woman in Palestine, living under Roman occupation. The Jewish people, her people, are longing for a Savior. It seems safe to say that the culture that Mary was living in was a culture of lament. The Jews were lamenting their occupation, the loss of their temple, the prophets, their freedom. They were a people who were living a true prayer of lament. God, come save us. Send us a savior. This Advent here at Linwood, we have been looking at the themes of lament and hope and the uncanny and unseeming marriage between the two. Advent is a season of longing and waiting for Christ's arrival in the world and the hope that Christ will return. Christ's second coming where he will make all things right and new and whole. Both lament and hope have an element of waiting that's tied to them. This past week, we looked at lament. We talked about how lament happens in those moments in our lives where we cry out to God in despair or in need. Lament is a deep declaration of trust, that we know that God has the power to work in the world, and therefore, lament calls on God to act. I believe this is where Mary is in this passage from Luke 1 today. She's in a season of lament. And suddenly, in her reality of oppression, lament, and longing, God shows up and does something crazy. And in 
that moment, hope becomes tangible. An angel shows up, as you heard, to a single Palestinian woman and tells her that even though she's a virgin, she will have a baby, and that baby is going to be the savior of the world. Mary's first response is surprise, perhaps even a little sprinkling of doubt. She asks the angel, how can this be? I don't blame Mary for the question. I feel like many of us are so used to the Christmas story by now, it doesn't come up as a shock to us. But the way that God shows up in this story is unexpected and unconventional at best. God chooses to send the Savior in the world as a fragile human baby. And God sends this to a teenage woman who is a a virgin and living in an occupied territory. If God was looking for a way to showcase awe and power and might, there might have been a different way to enter into the world. But if God is planning on sending a savior to those in need, Jesus came in just the right form. Mary has doubt, and she confronts the angel with her question, how can this be? Gabriel explains to her how God's promise of a savior will come through Mary, and he says this, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. If hope had a tagline or a hashtag, I think this would be it. For nothing is impossible with God. I'd like to just leave you with that phrase for a moment and take a step back And pause and ask, what exactly is hope? This this weekend, I received a call from my younger brother, and we were catching up about life, and he um, asked me what I was preaching on this Sunday, and I said, I'm preaching on the theme of hope. And I decided to take a moment to get some free sermon advice, and I asked him, you know, Adam, how does hope show up in your life? What do you hope for? And his response was that he hopes the Huskers, the Nebraska football team, will go undefeated this coming year. You know, um, we put our sermons online, so Adam, if you're listening online, I don't want to disappoint you, but I don't think that's going to happen. As much as you love the Huskers, they had kind of a bad record last year. We, we joked back and forth about this on the phone, about what is hope? Is it, is it that or is it something else? And I wanted to share this with you because I think it's an important point. I don't believe that hope is equivocal with whimsy wanting or wishful thinking. Hope is something so much deeper. Hope carries expectancy, certainty, trust that something will happen, even though we don't know the details of what that will look like yet. When we talk about hope in the spiritual sense, I believe the angel's answer to Mary sums up what hope is perfectly, for nothing is impossible with God, meaning that we can trust that in spiritual situations in our lives, God has the ability to work beyond our imagination to hold true to God's promise. 
Reverend Megan Hodgen is a pastor down the road at the First Reformed Church of Scotia, and she says this about hope. Hope is trusting in the vision Christ has given us. Hope is trusting in the vision that Christ has given us. And what is that vision? In the story of Mary, it's a vision of a Savior who comes not only to the holy or powerful, but to the oppressed and the lowly. A Savior who comes not through human convention, but through the creative and confounding power of God as a virgin gave birth to a son. A Savior who comes not to conquer and rule or dominate, but to love and die so that others may live. A Savior who can redeem us from ourselves and from the difficulties of the world. When Mary receives the promise of God, this vision of hope that she can trust in, her whole response changes. No longer is she held by doubt, but she is held in trust. She says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. What an incredible statement of trust. This was no easy thing for Mary to agree with. A woman who was not married but pregnant in her culture would have been labeled as adulteress, and the penalty was death by stoning. Mary is saying yes to God's vision, but could also place her in danger and ostracization. This pledge of Mary's is no light statement on her part. She could have had so many other responses, like, can I ask my parents first? Will I be okay? What will happen next? But Mary says, emboldened with hope, emboldened with the vision of Christ, she says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Hope is an anchor that allows us to trust in God and move beyond our comfort and knowledge. Trusting that God is with us and can provide for us, hope moves us not only to trust in the vision that Christ has given us, but to participate in that vision ourselves. Hebrews 6 verse 19 talks about hope being an anchor. It says this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. I love this image of hope being an anchor for the soul. As you know, an anchor holds a boat firm and secure in their location, even when there is wind and waves all around them. In our own lives, let's be real, there are a lot of wind and waves and storms that come our way. It's easy to feel like we're being tossed this way and that by medical diagnoses, despair from watching the news, family tension, difficult situations at work. Hope is something that anchors us in the midst of chaos, specifically hope in God's promises. 
In our passage in Luke, Mary receives the promise of a Savior. And this promise is true for us. It's what we're longing and waiting for in Advent. And this hope is our anchor. Mary, after she um, greets the angel, she sings a song. And we hear in her song the promises of God and what the Savior will bring to us. Here again, this beautiful vision of the Savior. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. The hope that we have in Christ is a Savior who brings about justice to the oppressed and the lowly, who tears down the abuse of power from those who are using it negatively over others. The hope that we have in Christ is also an eternal hope that nothing, not even death itself, can separate us from God's love. For in Christ we have the promise of an eternal reality that when we die, we will live with God in eternity forever. I want to take a moment and wonder together before God. What hope do you have in God? Or what are you longing for? And how can that hope anchor you in the storms? How can hope move you to action? to participate in this vision of God. The hope that Mary received from God gave her courage to not only trust in Christ's vision, but to join it. You see, I think hopelessness immobilizes us, but hope mobilizes us to join in God's vision even as it's unfolding and we don't know all the answers yet. This Advent season, as we are longing for a Savior, we wait with hope. Hope is not only an anchor in the storms, but an inspiration to move to the vision that we are so desperately longing for. Our Savior is coming. We have this hope in God, and we are invited to participate in the work that God is calling us to. So come, Emmanuel, and be our hope. Let's pray. O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You give us the promise and the reality of a Savior. Hope eternal in you. And the gift of your presence, which strengthens us in the midst of the chaos of the world. We pray that through Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, our hope in you would be our anchor that holds us fast in your promises that we may be able to see your vision, but also participate in it. 
We pray this in your name. Amen.